Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. If you are a local business owner, small business owner, or online business owner, if you're a marketing and business coach, if you're somebody who helps others build and grow their businesses, or if you're somebody who likes to have your own hands on the levers, if you're a do-it-yourselfer as you grow and market your business, this is the right place for you to be. If you are one or more of the above, please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Also, be sure to subscribe. Fresh content to your iTunes every Tuesday afternoon. And over 160 episodes currently await you on a broad variety of topics related to building and growing your business and winning at the game of business and marketing. Today, we are so happy to have with us one of our favorite guests. Uh, When we started the Business Creators Radio Show back in September of 2013, I believe it was, it was either August or September of 2013. Time flies so quickly sometimes, even I forget exactly. I just know that I had made sure that we had the Business Creators Radio Show website up and loaded, and we had submitted the application to iTunes to get our feed accepted, and we were told by Apple at the time, based on their documentation, that once we submitted our feed to iTunes to get our podcast approved, that it could take up to three to four weeks for that to be approved. So we submitted it. We thought, okay, well, in a few weeks, we're going to start this business creators radio show business. Well, son of a gun, it got approved less than 24 hours later, and now we were in a situation where we need to start getting episodes up right away to take advantage of the iTunes algorithms. This was very, very, very urgent stuff. And we were so happy at the time that we were able to book a guest who was ready to go immediately. And sometimes life comes full circle, and sometimes life goes around that same circle several times. Well, today we are happy to have back the original guest on the Business Creators Radio Show, the very first person who ever appeared, none other than Jessica Rhodes of Interview Connections. And what Jessica is going to share with us today is everything that she's discovered over the past four years as the founder of Interview Connections on how to rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. And just to tell you a little bit about Jessica, just in case she needs an introduction to anybody who's listening, Jessica is the founder and CEO of InterviewConnections.com, which is the premier guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. And she's also the acclaimed author of the brand new Interview Connections book, which is called Interview Connections, Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. Jessica is the host of Interview Connections TV, where each week she helps her viewers rock the podcast on both sides of the mic. She hosts and co-hosts three podcasts, not one, but three, Roads to Success, The Podcast Producers, and with her husband, The Parenting Roads. The Podcast Producers was selected by Apple as a how-to podcast show in iTunes and has also been included in the syllabus for a course about podcasting and audio journalism at Western University in Ontario, Canada, a city that I love and one day I hope to visit. Jessica has been a speaker at Podcast Movement, Podfest.us, and, like me, Jim Palmer's Dream Business Academy. She lives in Rhode Island, 
with her husband and two kids. Well, I fear that we're going to be going down some pretty awesome roads today. So, Jessica, welcome aboard. Adam, that was a wonderful intro. Thank you so much for having me back. And it does feel like so long ago that we did that first interview about Pinterest marketing, something I don't even do anymore. So it has definitely been <laughs> a hot minute since we've done a podcast together. But I'll tell you, on this end, just the way the world is going, it feels like it's just kind of zoom by you know just to tell a little bit of a personal story i remember um it was in early 2014 that i suggested you start a podcast and call it the roads to success and i was i was actually telling a joke but not only was that did you your idea somebody else told i i was getting credit to somebody else adam <laughs> am i not getting credit to you well, uh, I told you that maybe about the beginning of 2014. I was halfway wow. joking, and then next thing you know, the Road to Success podcast has gone live. Well, Adam, I have to say <laughs> uh, to you and to your listeners that, you know, I've, I've known Adam since as soon as I had an idea to start my business because my dad uh, is a person that really – guided me into becoming an entrepreneur and of course Adam you've worked for my dad you've been one on his team for I don't know eight years something like that like a really really long time and so when I started my VA business none other than Adam Homie helped me with the website and the copywriting and and just a lot of the the basic stuff to get started I I remember you telling me and this made this meant so much to me I think it was on a voicemail because I remember playing it for my husband you said Something about how you are going to be successful uh, because you're doing things that nobody else is doing. or I forget the words, but I just remember you having faith in me from day one, and that meant a lot. Well, uh, I knew you were onto something when you started the whole thing that you were doing. Uh, at first, it was called Entrepreneur Support Services. Um, then uh-huh. you also had the Pinterest thing going on, uh, which yeah. I remember very clearly. And uh, then mm-hmm. I believe I believe it was four years ago that you launched yeah. Interview Connections. And I was so happy to be the first customer of Interview Connections. Now, I joined just to make sure that your systems worked uh, before the launch. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, then I decided to stick around. And, uh, and you know, you have, a, you have an incredible service. And I've seen so many folks, including some of my other clients who have worked with Interview Connections, and just rave about it. It's it's one of the best out there. And I've seen many other companies, uh, a few that I think are doing maybe about as good as you, but uh, you are, as I see it with Interview Connections, the benchmark that the industry strives toward. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it you know, podcasting is growing incredibly, and there is a huge market to serve podcasters. There's a huge market to serve people who want to be on podcasts. So when I started Interview Connections, I looked around. I didn't see anyone else booking guests on podcasts. I didn't see any other interview connectors or interview booking agents. Um, over the years, there are now several. Uh, there are websites where there are directories and automated connecting systems. There's other agencies that are, you know, following the same concierge style um, model. And the way I see it, everyone is serving a slightly different target audience. And I, I think it's wonderful. So, it's just been great to see it. I, I, you know, t- every day, every week, I'm getting emails from people. All right, I want to start a podcast, or I want to start being guests on this podcast. What? How do we get into this whole thing? So it is. We are really, really in the infancy um, of podcasting and this whole strategy of being on podcasts as a guest. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, this is the type of thing. Uh, 
maybe about a year before you launch Interview Connections, another one of our clients uh, was going to do the same model with webinar guests, but the model itself, while it was great, uh, what happened through actual experience with the model is it seems like that just wasn't really something people were looking for. It's very easy, relatively speaking, to uh, book a guest for your webinar because there's always somebody with something to sell. I mean, I'm just being very blunt about right. this. It's really not hard to find right. a guest expert for your webinar. But for people who have the level of dedication to uh, a higher form of business, which I believe yes. that those who take podcasting seriously engage in, that's a completely different animal. So uh, which you may also at least vaguely remember when you launch Interview Connections is uh, you know, I actually spoke about this with, with, with Jim, uh, your dad, and uh, I had shown him that other client's model, and we uh -huh. thought it would be great for you. And then Jim showed it to you, and you know, with some modifications, that's kind of what we went with. So the idea of connecting people is timeless. But the idea right. of connecting people around um, being a guest on podcasts and finding guests for your podcast is something that you've helped to revolutionize. Yeah, it's interesting because I'll, sometimes I've talked to people over the years and they're like, well, why do they need, like, why do people need you? Why do podcasters hire you? Why don't they just do that themselves? And I say they could if they want to. Like, you don't need a college degree to book podcast interviews. Like, this right. is not rocket science. I did not invent a new idea. Like, I am finding people. I'm introducing them. This is nothing new, but the idea is that it is saving people time. The clients that I work with, they are not doing their own research and pitching. They have businesses that they're running. So it's not like you we – we don't need to create a whole new invention or a whole new approach to doing something. It's just finding a need in the marketplace with a specific kind of person. So – you know, guest booking is obviously not a new revolutionary thing. I mean, there's been guest bookers since there's been interview shows, TV, radio, you name it. There's people that have right. been booking guests for podcasts for over 10 years as long as there have been podcasts. But I was working with I, – I was and am working with entrepreneurs and small business owners who don't want to do all of these tasks themselves. It's very time-consuming to find podcasts. It's very time-consuming to find guests and to pitch and to follow up and to coordinate. And so all I was doing was taking my skill as a organized persistent person and just focusing that onto right. a specific service and marketing it to a very particular kind of business owner. And I think that's the key is like staying really niche down because I've had people say, well, can you also get me live speaking engagements? And can you also find sponsors for my podcast? I mean, there's so many ideas, Adam, is somebody in, uh, we're in the same mastermind. You've heard all the, I keep getting ideas left and right. And I've always uh -huh. bring them up and like, I got this idea. I got this idea. And almost every time it's Focus on what you're doing. Keep growing what already has been proven to be a need in the market. And don't get distracted by all of the other ideas. <laughs> right, right. You know, you know, and uh, you and I are in the same mastermind, and I've had kind of the opposite struggle, which is, and I'm on the tail end of this right now, and we're pretty much there uh, as of when we're doing this interview, is I spent about half a year really just figuring out what I wanted to do when I grew up. I got to a point in my business where I'd been in it for about 10 years or so, and then I looked around and I thought, is this really where I want to be? Uh, and I started to notice a pattern in my business growth where it seemed like uh, you know, it would be a step forward, then it would be a step back in a different direction, and a step forward in another direction. I noticed 
when we talk about circles of life and we talk about uh, trends and patterns, that I kept falling into the same thing, and that's and the thing that I really wanted out of business and life just kept eluding me because I would continue to essentially take the same advice over and over again. So the the position I'm in right now is I've decided to move forward very, very, very strongly with something, which I'm going to be speaking more about when you and I are both at Dream Business Academy in a couple weeks uh, down in Orlando, Florida. So my, it's my show. I'm allowed to say something about that. We're both speaking at uh, Dream Business Academy in Orlando, Florida, yeah. February 8th through 10th, 2017. And if uh, you're listening to this six months later, check that website out. I'm sure there'll be another Dream Business <laughs> Academy in the offing. Well, anyway, anyway, my challenge now is to I also get all kinds of folks saying, "Hey, why don't you add this on?" or 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 or, or don't don't you recognize the fastest path to cash and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. But how I'm going to get to my goal is by staying focused on that thing that I want to do. I remember back in 2010, you know, you mentioned about uh, you know helping to build the website and things like that. That you have to rewind three or four years of my life to find when I was actually involved involved in things like that. And what uh -huh. would happen is as I was moving more towards being a consultant, mentor, and guide to small and medium-sized businesses, um, I'd keep getting sucked into well, how much to put up a squeeze page and all that because people would be looking at marketing of mine from like 2007 when my company had a different name, or they'd be speaking with previous clients of mine from three years beforehand, and uh, I'd be trying to speak about this one thing, and it'd be trying to drag me down this other rat hole, and I, the way I got past it is I just stopped talking about that other thing. I just stopped talking about yeah. websites, squeeze pages, all that, because the more I spoke about it, the more I attracted that. The more I started focusing uh -huh. on where I wanted to go, the faster I got there. So you're right, right on track with that, um, focusing yeah. on booking booking podcast guests, whether it's guests for your own show, you know, speaking as a client, or or being a guest on somebody else's show, and just sticking to that. And I think that has a lot to do with why Interview Connections has been so successful and has assumed such a place as a leader in the podcast booking universe. And where I'm really happy to have you here today. Jess, is I want to get into some specifics for our listeners um, who may find themselves in a place where they want to get more media and publicity attention and may want to simplify this whole make money through podcasting, although I know that's not really what we teach too much, or more grow your business through podcasts, because, you know, every time we do Dream Business Academy, I'm that guy in the ninth row who raises his hand and says, says, yo, Jess, so you tell me you can pull in some serious dose of this podcasting thing? And I always do it for a joke, but, uh, you know, there's a little bit about monetization of a podcast, and we'll get there before the top of the hour. But where I'd like to start is, um, is what, are, what do we have to keep in mind? Um, let's say that I'm an entrepreneur, and I want to get booked on a lot of other people's podcasts. What are some things I should bear in mind, and what are some things I should be doing to position myself as somebody who's an in-demand expert for other people's podcasts? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that you really need to do is demonstrate that you are an expert, you know, and, and just having a business or a service that that you're selling is not enough because anyone can set up a nice website, pay a nice web, a good web designer to look fancy online. But if you are not conveying your expertise through consistent content marketing, 
you could just say you're an expert, but there's no proof that you actually are. So the right. first thing is before you can expect somebody to give you the stage on their podcast, you need to be building your own stage and, you know, producing content to your own audience. So what does that mean? Well, you should be blogging, writing articles, showing what your expertise is, giving tips, providing value to people that are following you, hosting your own podcast. Now, I know that being a guest on somebody else's podcast is a heck of a lot easier than starting your own. Uh, I mean, we don't have to go into everything that goes into starting your podcast. I mean, there is a good amount of work there. You have to keep up with the production schedule, find and book guests, create content. It's a lot easier, but there is an insane amount of credibility that comes with hosting your own show. It makes it a lot easier to go on shows as a guest when you show that you also host your own podcast. And then doing videos, video marketing is incredibly powerful. People feel like they know you. Um, you know, I think that our uh, business coach, Jim Pauber, gave this example about a year ago on our mastermind call. Somebody said, should I be doing videos or should I be doing something else? And the answer is always both. But the thing that Jim said about videos is he goes, all right, do you, do you watch any TV? And of course, everyone said, sure. You know, we all watch either TV or Netflix. We've all watched television in some capacity. He goes, okay, can right. you think of an actor or an actress that you've seen on a show? Do you feel like you know them? Yes. I mean, look at right now. Everyone, uh, we're recording this a day or two after a couple of major celebrities have passed away. George Michael, Carrie Fisher. All of a sudden, everyone personally knows these people. <laughs> Majority of these people have never met Carrie Fisher. They've never met George Michael, but they feel so they feel the sense of loss because they feel like they know them because they've seen them in videos on TV and in movies. And yes, it is the same effect when you have a YouTube channel, when you're doing videos on Facebook, people feel like they know you and they can get your tips and content. And when you are positioning yourself as a guest expert for a podcast, it is a no-brainer to have you on the show because they see that that's your expertise. And I'll give you one example um, a guy named uh, C.J. Ripka. He was he is a, a media consultant. He's got a, com a media company, a communications company, and he's had clients that are asking him about being on podcasts and doing podcast interviews. And so he thought, I've got all these clients asking me. I'm going to just start Googling around. He goes, then I found your site, Jessica, and I'm looking through your blog, and you've got blogs about it. You've got videos about it. You've got podcasts all about podcast interviews. I need to interview you because I'm being asked and you are clearly the expert. I mean, literally that's how the conversation went because I am producing content on the topic that he wanted to teach his clients about. There was, it was a no brainer that I was the right person to teach the content on his show. So by producing content on your own platform, you are positioning yourself as the expert who can then go on somebody else's platform and talk to their audience. So you need to earn the right to be a guest on somebody else's podcast. You know, and, that, and that's similar to what Jim has told us as well. And I think his ears are starting to burn right now with something fierce. Uh, when I raised the question about a year and ago in our mastermind, uh, the Dream Business Mastermind, of you know why you, you remember I had this moment of exasperation because I um, I had just had an encounter with uh, shall we say a very 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 famous person I think you remember who I'm talking about I got <laughs> yes so I do about, remember I got so excited about could I could I reach out to this 
this person's publicity agents and see if he actually remembered interacting with me from the stage and used it as a way to create a personal connection. And that led to uh, me having this this major breakdown on an unrelated but semi-related topic of why does it seem like everybody else gets to be the star and I have to be the one behind them that uh, builds their dream for them? And Jim asked me an incredibly powerful question that uh, I couldn't – and after he asked me this question, I couldn't wait for the mastermind to be over. Couldn't wait for it to be over because I just wanted to think about this question, which is yeah. what have you done to earn the right to be a guide? What have you done to, right, done to earn the right to be a mentor? And mm-hmm. I knew as soon as he asked the question that I had done a lot to earn that. But the challenge, yeah. as you pointed out, is I hadn't been articulating that enough lately. Yeah. It's a really that good was point. The problem. It's a really I good point. I have been articulating it enough to the world lately. And once I was able to articulate it back to myself and remind myself of what I had done to earn it, well, heck, I, I, it's just funny how, I mean, I'm not a huge believer in the, in the law of attraction because I've tried sitting on my couch in the lotus position with the window open and just waiting for the money to <laughs> I don't quite believe that, but I do believe I do believe that when you put an energy and you put a vibe out to the world, that it will cause an attraction that will bring in the things you're looking for. Um, next thing you know, without me even going out looking for it, I had people knocking on my door wanting to hire me um, to coach, consult, and guide uh, and do technical yeah. trainings as well. So it's just a matter of I had to remind myself of what I had done to earn it, and I had to remind the world what I had done to earn it. And once we put those two things yeah. together, and that's one of the beautiful part about beautiful things about podcasting is when you are a guest on other people's podcasts, every single one of those interviews is a chance to remind the world what you've done to earn it. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is also a good time to note that Yes, earning the right is important, and earning the right and then seeing results is, they're all things that take a long time. There's been the theme, uh, there's been a theme running through conversations lately, and it has to do with people want results immediately. Um, I interviewed Dave Sanderson yesterday for my podcast, Roads to Success, and he was talking about how, yeah, he's awesome, and he'll be at Dream Business Academy as well, and he was talking about how, when he signed up with us at Interview Connections, it took probably six to nine months before he saw any results in his business as a result of being on podcasts, but he stuck with it. And he has gotten multiple four- and five-figure paid speaking engagements as a result of connections he made on podcasts. And he goes, but I didn't see any of that for six to nine months. People sign up and they want it, or they sign up or they start getting interviewed. They want results right away. And if they don't see results in two, three months, they're out. And he goes, you need to earn it. (laughs) You know, I saw Gary Vaynerchuk had also a little video on Instagram, and it was the same thing. He goes, uh, these 23-year-olds are asking him, like, you know, Gary, what can we do to build our company? He goes, how old are you? And they're like, 23. He goes, I am literally double your age. You need to work. You need to put in the hours and the time and not expect things to happen overnight. And that's easier said than done, but you really do need to put in the time and wait for it and be persistent with it. Podcasting is not an immediate uh, you know, direct result strategy. It's not something that changes your life overnight, but over time, over, you know, what, 162 episodes of Business Creators Radio Show, I've done over 123 episodes of Roads to Success. Right. I and you, we see results with our podcast because we've stuck with it. We didn't see anything in the first couple months. 
Yeah, you know, you know what's funny is um, I, you know, several months ago, uh, I booked a major, major, major client. And I, well, I, was tra- I was trying to find out how this person had heard of me because I had certainly never heard of her because she travels in different orbits than maybe you and I do, which is fine because the industry she's in is also very exciting. Uh, and the best that she could remember is she heard me on a podcast somewhere. That's the best she could tell me about how she had heard about me. She couldn't remember whether yeah. it was you know, me being interviewed on somebody else's. She couldn't remember if maybe she had stumbled upon mine and liked the episode that day. All she could put together is she heard my voice on a podcast. Well, for the dollar amount we're talking about, that was good enough for me. (laughs) Right? It's so true. And people don't always remember where they hear about you, which is why we could go back to the point of producing a lot of content in your own on your own stage as well, your own virtual stage or live event stage. We won't go there right now, but producing content on your own platform is so important because when people hear you on a podcast, the next logical step is to go to their website, see what they've got going on. Do they have videos, blogs? Do they have a offer that you can opt in and get on their email list, follow their newsletter? They are going to follow you. And I've got clients that I'll, I'll always ask, how did you find me? How did you hear about Interview Connections? And sometimes they say, I just Googled I, I Googled it because I needed a podcast booker and you came up, so that's cool. Right. But a lot of the times it's like somebody referred me to you, somebody told me about you, I think I heard you on a podcast, or I've seen your videos. Like It's a mixture of all different marketing strategies. It's not one thing. So you have to be repurposing and, and doing all different kinds of marketing if you're going to attract people. People need to hear about you a lot before they actually take action. So it is important to follow that million-dollar marketing platform that you learn at Dream Business Academy and also to stick with it because when you're on podcast consistently – in your target market, in your category of iTunes, whether it's business or management or marketing, people are going to start seeing your name. They're going to start seeing their podcast or friends linked to episodes they've done with you. And then you're going to keep popping up on different people's radar and you are the perceived expert. If you keep getting booked, that shows that you are an in-demand speaker and you're an in-demand expert on what you talk about. So it's important to stick with it, not just do a couple interviews and think that's good enough. You really need to do it long term. Well, you know, there's a there's a few things that I see people doing, and uh, like for instance, they'll all of a sudden start to show up in every discussion group I belong to on LinkedIn and Facebook. They'll all of a sudden start to be quoted by everybody, and the third thing is they'll all of a sudden start to be the guests on everybody's podcast. And the reaction I have is, what rock have I been under that I didn't know who this person was? Podcasting is a great way to create that reaction in other people where you are perceived as an expert so much that people look at you and they say, where have I been that I have not heard of you up until now? I must be getting out of the loop myself. How did I not know who who Jessica Rhodes was with this podcasting thing? Where where have I been? That's a reaction that when you get that – your audience, that can be extremely powerful because now they're going to feel the need to, and I do this in air quotes, but it is very true, catch up, which means they're going to start digging into you pretty quickly to find out what brilliance and passion you have to offer to the world. Now, uh, what kind of guests should you be, let's switch gears here for a little bit. Um, Let's say you Uh have your own podcast. Uh, What kind of guests do you want to book on your own podcast? What do you want to, I mean, what criteria do you want to use? So the 
first thing you really have to know is what is your goal with podcasting? Because there are people that start a podcast because they want to make it their business. They want to grow a large audience. They want to have advertisers and sponsors and listener supported contributions. And so, or there are people that this is a marketing strategy for their business and they don't care about having a, you know, big audience or a lot of downloads, but it's really about providing specific content for their current clients or something like that. So knowing what your goal is and the purpose of your podcast is important to know before you figure out what the right kinds of guests are. The guests that you want for your show are those who will provide value and valuable content to your target audience. So knowing exactly who your target audience is is really important. Um, a lot of people think you need big celebrity guests, really well-known people on your show. That is not true. You do not need big celebrity guests to grow a following. Um, you really need people that your audience is going to connect with. So let's just take a couple of uh, potential scenarios. Let's just say you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and your goal is to make your podcast something that is an effective marketing strategy for your business. Well, I would most likely advise you to think about who are the kinds of people you want to do business with, whether it's JV partners, referral partners, um, clients, people that might book speakers at live events, and I would interview them. <laughs> you know, come up with a list of people right. that would be valuable connections for you and interview them on your podcast. So, uh, because that is basically a free 30-minute meeting that you have with that person where there's not a sales conversation happening, but you're getting to know them, they're getting to know you, you guys now have a relationship because you interviewed them on the podcast, you're putting a spotlight on what they're doing, and so, hey, if 30 days down the road you're going to apply to speak at their conference or you're going to reach out to them about something in business, they know you, and you guys have a relationship now. So it's these warm introductions and relationship starters. So that's one. Um the other kind of guests, we have some really interesting clients who are interviewing like average Joes, as the way I'll describe it, like regular people, sure. not experts. So there's one show called The Together Show, and Eric Newton interviews couples. He interviews people who are in a relationship, so whether it's, you know, like romantic relationships of any kind. And these are not like he barely uses their last name. You don't even know who these people are. They're, they're regular people. And he just talks about the relationship. And there's these fascinating uh, real-life stories that people can really relate to and they can have an impact. There's another show that's really interesting. Um, it's this guy who was an NBC journalist and he left the mainstream media, was sick of it, and started a podcast and drove – he's driving for Lyft, and he interviews his passengers and gets these amazing stories from regular people who just happened to request a Lyft and ended up in his car. So those are amazing guests. You don't, even, you don't know their last name. You don't know anything about them except what they share in those stories. And so there's so many different things you could do with your podcast to make it valuable to your audience, to make it entertaining, to make it informative. Uh, but the biggest trap I see people get into is thinking they need the biggest celebrity experts they can find. And that's just not true. Some of the biggest shows, some of the most successful, some of the most entertaining podcasts are those like the ones I just described, interviewing regular people because the podcaster knows it's about the value in the content and the entertainment that listeners will get by hearing those kinds of stories. You know, uh, it's interesting you mentioned the idea of the famous guest because I 
see this all the time. Uh, I, I have actually known folks that were, you know, waited almost a year to launch a podcast just because they wanted to have um, X certain, you know, you know, this certain list of influencers, they wanted them to be the right out of the gate, first guest on their podcast. So they held up their podcast for a whole year just waiting to book these people. And I got to tell you, uh, this is, uh, I'm thinking of one person in particular, and I do follow his podcast to a degree, but I can't tell you that I think it's any more or less valuable just because he started with three luminaries as his very first three guests. And in fact, yeah. uh, if you really wanted me to think about it critically, I'd be saying that his podcast is actually good enough. I feel kind of bad that I missed a year of it while he dawdled around waiting so long. That's just my personal <laughs> thought. He could have been doing so yeah. many other great things in that, in that year. And here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we've been happy to have some celebrity-type guests on our show and i and it is true that you know we've gotten a little bit of a recognition bump for having these folks on the show i'm not going to mention any names simply because i don't want to get into a debate of what's a celebrity and what isn't uh and i don't want to say that some of our guests are more valuable than others because that also is not true they're all valuable equally yeah. but in different ways because of what they bring to the table but that being said um having somebody who's perceived as a celebrity gets us some recognition buzz in the terms of hey wow that's really cool you had that person on your podcast that's great i'm going to tune into that one and maybe those episodes will get shared slightly more but to your point it doesn't make or break you i mean it's nice to have yeah but it doesn't make or break you um i would say that you know the podcast in itself builds celebrity across the board like uh you know like both wings raise the bird yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, to people think that by having a, you know, a celebrity on their podcast, um it's going to make it more shareable or it's going to make it more, you know, celebrities are interviewed all the time. They're getting requested hundreds of times per month to be on podcasts and radio shows and all that good stuff, and when they're on that many podcasts, they're going to annoy their audience if they're sharing every single media appearance that they're doing. So they are actually much less likely to share their interviews than somebody who is thrilled to be requested a couple times a month or a few times a year. Right. So I've really seen that the lesser known guests, people that are kind of on your level in business and in life, they are much more friendly to um, to share and help promote your show than a celebrity who graced you with their presence for 20 minutes or something like that right and also celebrity is so subjective i mean i've gotten on podcasts where people are like oh my god i can't believe i'm talking to you and i don't feel like a celebrity but it's so subjective it's just based on how people perceive different people i mean i'm good friends with some people and i know some people well so I don't think they're celebrities because I could call them up or I see them and talk to them at conferences, but other people are like, oh, my God, do you know that person? Like, So it's so, so subjective, and it's just really not worth stressing out about. It's really about providing value to your audience, providing compelling content. And then one last thing on the celebrity thing, then we can move on. Why would you have your best guest on in the beginning when you are a terrible interviewer when you first start out? Nobody is good when they start their right. podcast. Why would you waste that time? And your audience is small when you first start out. So why would you bring on your celebrity guest when nobody's listening to your show? <laughs> Seriously, and another way of looking at that that just occurred to me as you gave your explanation there is if you're waiting so long to start your podcast, you want to get these three particular big names, and you want to lead off with a bang with these three names. 
there's two things that occur to me. Number one, uh, well, actually three things. Now, number one, as you said, these three big names, they're not going to be as likely in many cases to promote you back because it's uh, just another case to them. I mean, they're on everybody's podcast. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number, number two is now that you've started with such a bang, how do you keep that up? Is Exactly. You know, I mean, then you think about that. I mean, so you have to, you're going to play at that level forever more. I mean, how many celebrities do you think are out there? And number three, and I tell this all the time, I'm only going to spend maybe 10, 15 seconds on it, is my actual experience with celebrity began when I made some friends who are, uh, who are, shall we say, rock stars, people who have, uh, musicians who have had top 40 hits and just hanging around these people in their everyday lives you find out that they really uh, don't do or think much differently than the average person. In fact, they tend to get annoyed when you remind them of their celebrity because they have people to fawn over them all day long. They just like to hang out, really. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Funny how, funny how that works. I find that if I want to get along with celebrities, the best thing to do is to not treat them like one. That doesn't mean – treat them like dirt or go out of my way to level them to everybody else, so to speak, but just treat them like I would treat them anybody else in the same situation because they've got people fawning over them and, and wanting them to make a special phone call to their mom and everything all day long. They just want to talk yeah. about football or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, totally. So, speaking of, speak of notoriety and reach and everything else, this is one of my favorite burning questions, and I get this a lot from people who ask me about podcasting, is uh, how important is it to track things like downloads and statistics and things like that? And if it is important, what is the best and easiest way to do it? So, okay. It's not that important. Okay, so if you ever want to have a sponsor or an advertiser, it may be important. It might be. Not definitely. Um, actually, a lot of people get sponsors and they don't say anything about downloads because that's not the point. Um, I like to track downloads for my own curiosity, but sometimes, like, if my downloads go down and I'm like, oh, why did my downloads go down? I'm like, why do I care? <laughs> so right. I don't think it's that important. However, I do think it can be helpful to know what your downloads are because it's sometimes if you try out a new marketing strategy, like let's just say you invest in diff like some social media marketing or if you invest in some different – just different ways you're marketing your podcast, it's nice to know if that's actually making your audience grow or not. <laughs> so that's why tracking downloads can be important. Don't obsess over that. Don't look at it every single day or month even. It's just good to see what the trends are. Um, now the easiest way – excuse me <laughs> – the easiest way to track them is to just host your podcast in a media host like Libsyn or Podbean or Blueberry. These are a couple that you right. can host the media files, and then they will track your um, track your downloads for you. Right. Uh, so what would you say – you know, sometimes I see people run into this, and you know, we've run into it a few times ourselves. We have – a way we respond to it, but you're the guest here and we're looking uh -huh. for your expertise. Somebody comes to you and says, well, thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast. Uh, because 
we need to only make sure that we appear in markets where we're going to get a lot of reach. We need to know your download statistics and your reach and your numbers and everything so that we can make the determination where we're spending our time. Yeah. If somebody, if that were happened to me, if that were to happen to me, I would probably say, okay, this is probably not the best show for you. It's probably not a good fit. <laughs> like if somebody's right. going to judge being on my podcast based on how many downloads I have, I don't want them on the show. It's not a good fit. Um, or I just tell them and let them decide because sometimes they're, you might be pleasantly surprised. You know, you might say, I have 200 downloads an episode, and they're like, great, sounds good, let's book it. You know, so you never know what they're saying, um, but you can, but. I are on the side of if somebody is going to say no based on my audience size, I don't want them on. That's kind of how we feel too, actually, because if that's the very first question they're going to ask, and if they're going to say, well, well, we need to, it's like, I, I mean, the last one that came to us and, and took this approach really was about a year and a half ago. We have no problem getting guests. We have people lined up to be on the Business Creators Radio Show. In fact, we've actually had to slow down the number of yeah. guests we have because we were getting so many episodes in the can that they were having to wait three months for their episode to air. We actually had to slow it down. Yeah. That should tell you, we have no problem with people wanting to be on this show. I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but we right. did get one about a year and a half ago that took this approach. Uh, and, the, and the way they came across really was just like talking down their nose, like, like you know, you should be so fortunate I'm even responding to your inquiry, uh, all that. It's like, no. No, no, yeah. no, no. I, I mean, if they want to ask questions about, you know, who is your audience avatar, we're happy to right, answer that right. question because maybe they, maybe they want to know they're speaking to the right people. That's fine. Or, exactly. or if they want to see, or, or if they want to know, uh, you know, can you give us a few other people who've been on your show just so we get an idea of what kind of company we're hanging out with? Well, right off the top of my head, I can look at them and I can pick a few names off my list that I think they'd like to hear. So, I mean, right. those are easy questions to answer, and I think they're appropriate questions to ask and to answer. But if it's all about just, well, well, how many downloads do you get and all that, because we need to focus our time only on shows that are going to get us a lot of reach and what have you, you know, that's just a dag and shame on their part, because we've had yeah. we've had people appear on the Business Creators Radio Show uh, who uh, who ended up closing five-digit deals because somebody listened to them on our show. So, hey, hey awesome. you want to pass up what we have to offer because we don't <laughs> – because we don't want to give you our numbers on downloads, then, uh, hey, good luck. There's there's some place for everybody is what i got to say. Yeah, I know. And you could also just say, we don't track our downloads, sorry. But, I mean, to each their right. own, like, I can – so I can see it from their perspective in that if they have – like, if they've got dozens of – like, if I were in a position where people were requesting me, like, ten times a day, which I, they're not, but some people are getting so many interview requests, there's literally not enough time in the day. So right. I – still probably wouldn't base it off of the downloads. I would probably base it off of, you know, the quality of the show. You know, Cliff Ravenscraft, he's the known as the podcast answer man. He's, his show's called The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. He did a great episode probably a year or two ago where – so he gets requested for a lot of interviews, and then, like, once every three months, he goes through all of his requests and decides which shows he's going to do. And he actually gave us criteria. He looks at how like how long they've been podcasting, so how many episodes they have out, how frequently they're producing episodes. So he goes, it means a lot if they're doing it on a regular schedule or if it's just like here and there. Um, he'll look at, he'll listen to the show and hear what the quality of the audio is. He'll look and see what kind of content they're producing to see if he's, you know, 
like if his expertise is in line with what they're teaching. So he looks at all of those factors before deciding. But I don't, if I don't recall him saying, he's not asking for their downloads, but he's looking at all of those factors. So I would say that's a really good um, strategy to have is to say, like if you're trying to decide if a show is a good fit for you as a guest, listen to it just like the first couple minutes. Um, if audio is important to you, that's like a whole other conversation. But, you know, if the yeah. audio is good quality, um, how long have they been podcasting? How many episodes are they putting out? Are they, do you see one episode in August, another in October, and then two in December? I mean, that doesn't show that they have a good audience because they are so willy-nilly about producing their show that it doesn't look like it's a priority for them. But if somebody has been producing weekly episodes for two years, that is obviously a podcaster that's serious about their show and is going to put in the time and effort to produce a good interview. So I think those are all the factors that you should consider. The size of the audience doesn't really say how valuable the podcast is going to be. Okay, so a show that's been on for like three years and four months is definitely one that should be considered. Yeah, for sure. And, Anyone and, that's and it's done episodes. That long. Yes, and it's done episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific without fail for three years and four months. You think that's a show that should be considered? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Adam. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, so we're going in a number of different directions on this. I know we have exactly uh, 13 minutes left before uh, you need to move on to your next interview, you being so in demand here. Um, next question <laughs> I want to get to is, um, and I know we're kind of just you know, hitting some high points, but I'm basing this on the questions that you pre-submitted to us, as well as, which I knew you'd be prepared to answer, obviously, as well as uh, some of the biggest questions that our listeners ask about podcasting, and we get a fair number of them. And here's another one that is just a big deal. Of uh -huh. When you want to be booked on other people's podcasts, what information should you be prepared to give to them? Well, like what yeah. should be in your kit? What should be there that will uh, you can just you know real quick say, oh, here it is. Here's the link. Have it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you need to have your bio, and your bio should be in third person so that somebody could read it to introduce you to the show. So not like, I was born, you know, 30 years ago. Um, so in third person and short enough so it's a reasonable introduction. I know that you're special, and you've got a lot of accolades and a lot of things you've done. Keep it short, okay? Like, you know, 150 words, something like that. Um, you should also have your contact information, so Skype name, phone number, email, mailing address, anything that the podcaster would need or want to get in touch with you, send you something in the mail, anything like that. Um, and then interview topics. So these are wider ranging topics that could be addressed. So there could be a topic about personal development and entrepreneurship. There could be a topic about marketing and business. Like, so these are broader topics. And then the individual suggested interview questions are actually pre-written questions that the host could um, ask you in an interview. And that is what we have on a one sheet. So with our clients, we have all that copy on a one sheet. So it's very simple to send. Now, I also think wow. it's a great idea if you have a Dropbox or a press page. I have a press page where I have all that and more. So um, I just, you know, I'll put, uh, include some more interview questions, some more interview topics, a Dropbox link to my headshots, and links to other interviews that I've done. When I send people to my press page, everything a podcaster could need is there. Uh, links to social media, all that good stuff. So if you have all that either in a Dropbox folder or on your press page, and then your one sheet, you're giving the podcaster everything they need. 
yeah, you know, that that's something to think about, too, is, uh, and I've had this back and forth with one or two people who actually ended up not being on our show because of it. Uh, when you come to the Business Creators Radio Show wanting to be a guest of ours, uh, and either you or your assistant did this a few weeks ago, is there's a page you fill out where you submit all this information. And one of the big fields, and it's actually one of the most important fields other than the title, really, is what questions would you like us to ask you? Uh, you pre-submitted some questions, which uh, we've uh, mostly touched on. In some cases here, you gave the answers to three of the questions and answering one of them, which I had to you know, keep track of, which tends to happen uh, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but this is helpful for us in a couple reasons, uh, because we need to know you as a guest um, how to make help you shine at the intersection of your brilliance and passion, because in addition to whatever benefits you bring to us, one of the big benefits to you as a guest is to be recognized for what you offer to the community and to the world. And you know that better than anybody, which you know, we need you to guide us on that. Uh, also, right. and this is something that's very rarely spoken about, is if you are a podcast host, you often don't know what you're getting until the person actually comes on the phone and begins the interview. You don't know if they are somebody who's going to be very loquacious, who's going to flow very naturally, uh, where they're going to, you ask them one question, you just get them going for about a half hour. Like in, like in your case, I asked you one question, and you ended up answering three of the questions we had planned to ask you in that one answer. Sometimes that happens, yeah. and that's great. So it's very easy to interview someone like you. Uh, sometimes we get guests where it literally is, we ask a question and they give an answer. At question, answer. Question, answer. Like a job interview or something like that. And those yeah. can be fantastic interviews. And they are fantastic interviews because we find that when folks approach it that way, they tend to give a lot of facts. They tend to give a lot of aha right. moments, writer downers. Uh, but they are just not free-flowing type people. They need to be prompted and they need to be guided. So in order for us to be able to do that, we need them to tell us what the roadmap is. In other words, what do you need us to get out of you so this is a valuable interview and experience for both of us? And you see, right. you guys, when you create the one sheets for your clients and you create the promotional materials and such, you help your clients develop that. Uh, I remember, right. uh, you know, this is maybe three or four months ago, one of my clients became one of your clients. And <laughs> yeah. this is a person who's actually in two separate businesses. Uh, uh -huh. So we ended up actually having two one sheets created because he's in front of two completely separate audiences. And uh, our yeah. listeners actually know who he is, uh, Ross Jeffries, uh, who's the founder of both Speed Seduction and Persuasion Mastery Systems. He's been a guest on our show, and we expect to have him back sometime in the spring or summer of 2017. Uh, so because his two audiences are so different, he needed two one-sheets. And what this right. also did is it put us through an exercise, because we also submitted to you uh, two complete sets of interview questions with summaries and suggested questions. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that guy's loaded for bear. Loaded for bear. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's impossible not to interview the guy. I mean, it's uh, – and, yeah. uh, and I've seen some of the success he's been having with your organization and what it's been doing for his business. It's just, it's just a testament to the power of what Interview Connections does and what podcasting in general does for a business. Yeah, I think that's, that's spot on. And it's important if you – so I, I usually don't prepare – 
more than like five questions because I know that even if I answer three of them in one <laughs> after one question, you could just I'll like talk for the full hour if you need me to. Like it's not going to be hard to interview me because I'll be conversational. I'll ask you questions, right. but if you're the type of guest that you don't know how to speak for longer than like one answer at a time, you better prepare a lot of questions for that host so they're not trying to come up with things to ask you. But then as a host, it is a it's a challenge and a, an art. I mean, honestly, becoming a good interviewer is an art. You know, it's it's good to learn how to be an interviewer without pre-prepared questions because it really forces you to listen and think about what follow-up questions you could give. Um, some of the hardest interviewers or some of the hardest interviews are those where the guest is not very conversational and you really have to right. pull teeth. Um, they're not the funnest interviews, but yeah. they can make you better at your craft. Right, right. And when you have that type of um, that subject where they really need to be asked and prompted questions, when you have them, you can at least guide them to where they need to be, where you're guessing out of thin air. I mean, we've had twice had cases where people have shown up and wanted to be on a business creators radio show, and they've actually tried to argue and say, nobody else makes me submit my question, so if you're going to make me do that, well, I'm out. You know, when I look at these yeah. two folks, I've never heard of them except for when they tried to be on my show, and I think there's a reason for that because I've never heard of not being asked to give that information when I've, when I've been interviewed somewhere. In fact, when I – and when somebody graciously accepts me to be on their podcast, I tell them, okay, well, is this, okay, is this topic, does this work for you? Great. So here's the outline. Here are the questions I want you to ask. Uh, we can do more or less, but this is the, the guideline, so you get what you need, and we'll go from there. So they get me yeah. on the show, and I've had this happen in one case where the person just ignored my questions and started asking just all kinds of random stuff. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're just doing, I, I gave you all this information. You're just ignoring it now. So now, now the transition there, the transition there that I think this person missed, and they and they meant well, and it actually turned out to be a good interview. Uh, yeah. The transition they missed was they have the same questions they ask everybody, and either they didn't relay the message or I didn't receive the message. Right. That right. There's actually a format they go by, and these are the questions. If they if they yeah. told me that, and or I had received that. I'd have been just as prepared. Yeah. All right. So we, have, uh, we have five minutes left here, and there's two more things we want to cover, so about a minute each, so we make sure we get them in. The first is cool. I'm going to ask the yeah, same question I ask you at Dream Business Academy. So, Jessica, is it true you can pull in some serious dough with this podcasting thing? Yes. <laughs> it depends how you want to do it, but you can. All right. Um, yeah, no, it's actually a really good question, and it's actually very possible. My answer to this question um, has changed over the years. I have now successfully gotten multiple sponsors across my podcast um, over the last year. So it is totally possible um, to make money podcasting, and you just have to have a clear target audience um, and be a a good salesperson, either at driving your listeners to purchase what you have to offer or being a good salesperson as it relates to convincing another company to sponsor your podcast. So it is possible, but right. there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that you have to that you have to put in the work to do. If you're listening to this live, go back, subscribe on iTunes, get the replay, and uh, we covered in some detail already some of the things you want to have lined up if you want to get, say, sponsors or advertisers 
for your show. For instance, this is where having a sense of your uh, download stats can be helpful. Uh, it's also helpful in that case to know the avatar of who your listeners are because that will show a potential advertiser that by investing money in banner ads on your site or commercials within your episodes that they are going to be reaching the right audience. So the final question here is, uh, I understand that uh, you have something for us. Yes. Okay. So my, I've written a book and uh -huh, it's called uh -huh, uh -huh, Interview uh -huh. Connections. <laughs> Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. And it is available for free. All you have to do is cover the shipping and handling. You can get it at interviewconnectionsbook.com. And so much of what we talked about on this episode is written about in that book. So I would encourage everyone to check it out, interviewconnectionsbook.com. Beautiful. Interviewconnectionsbook.com. And I've got to tell our listeners this is one of those cases where I have read the book, and I find it to be absolutely outstanding. And it does take the principles that we just sort of touched on a little bit here today and develop them even further. And Jessica's absolutely right. Um, the only thing you've got to pay is an extremely low shipping and handling charge, and you can have it right away. So that's pretty much uh, a ton of information for a good hour here. Uh, Jessica, Rhodes, I'd like to thank you so much for your willingness to come back and play with us once more here at the Business Creators Radio Show, just like last time and as usual. It has been an honor and an education. Thank you so much, Adam. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.